0: Welcome to the first episode of the Biblical Bargain Bin. My name is Josiah, also commonly known as Gooven Online, and uh, oh boy, this first movie—oh my goodness, this, it's 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 a doozy! It's a real doozy. Before we get into it, um, I just want to introduce myself, and uh, because it is the first episode, and you might not know who I am. So, and that's you know totally fair enough. So, yeah, my name is Josiah. I'm an 18 year old from Australia and I love movies. Um, I'm currently studying a uh, Bachelor in Screen and screen Media, uh, which talks about film, TV, documentaries, advertisements, all that kind of stuff. It's quite broad. Um, but, yeah, as I said, I love movies um, and I would like to make my own someday. Uh, but what I believe is good for any filmmaker to do is to broaden your horizons and watch whatever and, um, because I'm also a Christian as well, I've never liked Christian movies, gonna be honest, I think they are kind of garbage, uh, most of them, at least, um, and I would love to find some actual good ones, but sometimes you gotta wade through the mud before you get to the clear water, you know what I'm saying, um, I don't know if that makes sense, but we're going with it, we're going with it, but yeah, I just wanna just watch some Christian movies, whether they're good, whether they're bad, I don't really mind, uh, you know, it, it, it it's kind of a mixed bag the, the whole thing with christian filmmakers which i love by the way i, I don't i don't want this to be like oh i'm going to hate on these people no i want to honor these people because they've actually gone out and make movies and i have not and i think that's that's like pretty hectic and you know sometimes you have to make pretty bad movies before you get to like an absolute gem that you make and i've seen that through uh, like Ryan Johnson, flipping heck! The Last Jedi wasn't that good, but Knives Out, mmm, mamma mia, that is Chef's kiss right there. And it's the same with some Christian filmmakers as well. Like I like War Room, but I don't like Fireproof. You know, it's it's a bit of a bit of a mixed bag, <laughs> dude. There's good, there's good and bad things, right? But today's film, oh my goodness gracious me! This film is was definitely hard to watch. It doesn't help that it's got a 1% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And I know Rotten Tomatoes isn't, like, the best indicator when it comes to critic scores, um, because the audience score might be completely different to the critic score. The critics might say it's terrible, but the the audience might say it's good. But in this case, the critics were right. (laughs) So this is a film called Left Behind. And... uh, I'm not talking about the one from the early 2000s. I'm talking about the one from 2014, starring Nicolas Cage and directed by Vic Sarin, I believe. No, never mind. Vic Armstrong. I was wrong. Great. Um, So this is based on a uh, a long series of novels by the same name. Uh, The series is called Left Behind. Uh, A bunch of different novels. Uh, I have not read them. And this is not a comparison between the film and the novel, uh, so I just want to get that out before people are like, oh, but you haven't read the novel, so you don't know. Um, yeah, I haven't read the novel, and I don't. I'm not sure if I want to compare it to the novel, anyways, because it should stand on its own. I think a, a movie ab- adaptation of a book should stand as its own. Uh, a good example of that is Fantastic Mr. Fox, directed by Wes Anderson. That stands on its own. It's a good adaptation, but, like, the changes it makes helps it be its own story, its own creation, almost, um, oh, but this movie, dude, oh, my goodness, oh, oh, no, like, Nicolas Cage, right, he's not known for super, super fantastic movies, and that's fair enough, this movie does not help, right, he's in some good ones, like Face Off and Adaptation and that kind of stuff, but, this one is just ooh. all right, oh boy. Where do I even start? Let's just let's just go through uh, a brief synopsis, all right? Let's read a synopsis. <sighs> oh boy, <laughs> left behind finds the commercial airline pilot Ray Steele, portrayed by Nicholas Cage, struggling to keep his passengers calm and his plane afloat after the biblical rapture strikes mid-flight. Meanwhile, GWN reporter Cameron Buck Williams, Chad Michael Murray, becomes Ray's reluctant co pilot, and Ray's terrified daughter Chloe, portrayed by Cassie Thompson, braves the chaos of the city streets in search of her brother and mother. Bah, it's. There's too many characters. Let's be real. I, I didn't know who the main character was. Um, throughout this entire thing to the point where the people I was watching with, I was like, wait, who was, who was the main character in this? And they were like, oh no, God, maybe, um, they were confused as much as I was. Let's be real. Oh oh my gosh. I guess let's just go through like relatively beat by beat for a little bit anyways. So, you know, the movie begins at JFK airport and that's kind of like a main, um, in New York, I believe. Is that in New York? I'm not sure. I'm Australian. I don't know this. So the movie begins at JFK Airport. But the sets don't look like an airport at all. It kind of either looks like a shopping mall. Or a like a library without the the shelves or anything. To the point where the shopping mall thing. They go in later in the film. They, spoiler alert. Should have seen the movie beforehand. Um, if not. Go see the movie if you if you like watching not very good movies. But they go to a shopping mall later in, in the film. And I was like, oh, they're back at the airport. But I was like, nope, nah, they're at a shopping mall. Anyways, the first character we meet is uh, Chloe Steele, um, who's Nicolas Cage's daughter, who's uh, Ray Steele. Um, which I'm not going to call him Ray because he's barely called Ray in the film. So I'm just going to call him Nick Cage. So if, when I say Nick Cage, uh, it's, it's his character. Um, and he's, he's in a league of his own. Let's be honest. Nick Cage is kind of just a Nick Cage sort of character in most films. So Chloe, she gets off the plane. Um, this whole thing is that she is coming back from college, uh, for her dad's birthday and she's like, she's like ringing up her mum, and she's like, you know, like, I'm back, and then her mum, Leah Thompson, by the way, plays her mum, Leah Thompson being, flipping Mrs. McFly, what's her name, Lorraine McFly, oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot the name, my goodness, being Lorraine McFly from Back to the Future, so Leah Thompson, she's also been in Heaps of other things, um, but that, that's one of her famous roles. She's in this, and I don't think she does that bad, um, acting-wise, uh, with... Especially, she wasn't... They're not given the best source material, the best script in the world, um, so I'm not... She did good with what she had, but, like, even still, wasn't that, that good. Um, so her mum, she rings up her mum,'s like, hey, how's it going, um... She's like, oh, sorry, doll. But the, your dad won't be at the party. He's got a flight to London at the same time that came last minute. And she's like, but, but I came home from college. Like you know, I'm I'm very confused and I'm like deconstructing my faith or whatever. My mum's a Christian now, and she's like, you know, um. <laughs> so uh, and then it it cuts to a fantastic shot after that call. Um, And it's, and it's Leah Thompson's character and she's looking at like a family photo. And so what it basically has is Leah Thompson's character, Chloe, uh, I forgot who plays her, but Chloe Steele, um, their younger brother, I think is Ramey, um, is, is his name. And then Nicolas Cage is like poorly photoshopped into the background. And it's one of the best shots in cinema history. And I implore you, if you don't watch the movie, at least you'll watch that scene on YouTube or something. Because it's, it's, it's chef's kiss. <laughs> um, I feel like it, it's supposed to be like this meaningful moment. It's like, oh, you know, like my family's not really like together again. But it just made me chuckle. Anyways, this guy, uh, Mr. Williams, C- Cameron Barker Williams, right? He, he, he kind of shows up. And a lady walks up to him and he, uh, and she, she's like, oh, have you read the Bible? And he's like, oh, probably not as much as you do. Um, and then she quotes Matthew, uh, 24 verse 7 at him. Uh, it's not really known why this happens, but he turns out to be an investigative journalist. Uh, and he's uh, kind of, uh, has been covering stories about earthquakes and other signs, I guess, uh, of the last days. Um... But like uh, Chloe, who happens to be the uh, snarky atheist of the story, which is a c- common trope in in Christian movies. Which, like, I don't know how I feel about it, but they're kind of just there, right? Um, she she comes up and and they have a quick debate, both of them having really bad arguments for their their side of the thing, um, and it's and it's really strange. Anyways. We, we, we cut to a car park, so a parking lot car park thing, and uh, Nick Cage is, like, pulling off his weathering. We're like, uh-oh. And then we find out there's this weird flirty subplot with a flight attendant named Hattie on the flippin' flight. I don't... The, the name Hattie is very strange, um, and, but if you have the name Hattie, then, like, all power to you, but I feel like it's a, a strange name for the character. Anyways... There's this whole thing between them and, uh, he, he leaves his wedding thing and they're coming up this, uh, escalator and, uh, and they're kind of, you know, she steals his hat and they've got this back and forth and stuff. And then Chloe sees her dad flirting with this other lady. She's like, what the heck? Um, anyways, and then, uh, she, she sees them they're having this back and forth uh, but before then, Cam and Chloe, uh, so Cameron uh, Williams and Chloe have this like brief interaction that starts this another flirty subplot that doesn't make sense um, because the entire movie is like, they're like falling in love or whatever, but it feels like they've only spoken for about six minutes at the start of the film, but in the very end, not to, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> In the end, the first person she runs to after the plane lands is is, uh, is Cam. And it's like, they barely know each other. They've only known each other for approximately 24 hours. And they've only spoken for like 10-15 minutes of that. Like, it doesn't feel like anything. Like, there's no really connection other than he's an investigative... Investigative... Investigative journalist who probably has some idea of psychology and is like picking apart of like her emotions and like for some reason it like has an in like it, it, he just immediately grabs hold of people's attention just because he can pick them apart piece by piece it's so confusing and i don't understand why Anyway, so having this back and forth, and and uh, Nick Cage's character walks up. He's a big fan uh, of this Cam Williams guy, who's apparently this famous dude, but he's barely been recognised except for like probably about five characters throughout the entire thing. Um, uh, every what I find uh, in this film is that every shot looks basically the same. It's got like a basic key light, basic back—you know, the basic three-point lighting. If you're familiar, with that the key light, the the fill light, the backlight, right? And like this very similar color grading throughout the whole thing, which is like, uh, which is fine, but it just—it's just very flat and and quite boring. Um, <laughs> anyways, Nick Cage, uh, Chloe confronts Nick Cage about uh the whole. ...thing between the flight attendant and him, and uh, and then uh, Nick Cage was saying, he was like, well, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Mrs. Lorraine McFly is, is off and, you know, with another man, and because uh, um, she's become a Christian and that kind of stuff, uh, and, and he, this is a quote, and I was like, if, she, if she's going to run off with another man, why not Jesus her? it's it it just seems quite silly i don't know um yeah and so he's off uh um nick cage's character goes off and uh you know kind of stops uh being like he's like oh i've got to go do my flight stuff and she's like all right well don't be a pleb um (laughs) i don't know if that makes any sense but uh, good old Cam comes back over, and, and with his uh, investigative journalism thing, he just like sparks up a deep conversation straight away with Chloe. You know how it is, and it's uh, it's kind of confusing. Um, yeah, and as they're like the, so so Cam has got a flight to London. So he's on the same plane as Nick Cage, I think. They kind of just end up on the same plane. It's not really... I don't know if it's discussed whether or not he's actually going to London at the same time that Nick Cage is. Which is... Yeah, it's weird. Um, And, oh my goodness. The subplot between the flight attendant and Nick Cage makes me very uncomfortable. To the point where they're like... There's two flight attendants, right? Uh, I think it's Rosie. I believe that's her name. And Hattie. And uh, they're in this, like, little preparation area. Um, I'm not sure what it it is called. Um, and Nick Cage's character is talking to, to Hattie, uh, the one he's, you know, got the eyes for, <laughs> I guess. And, uh, yeah, he says this really terrible joke, which I'm not going to repeat. You're going to have to watch the movie to find out. And she's like cracking, cracking up, laughing. The other one's like, "That wasn't funny." Like, I don't really understand. He's like, "Oh, she, he's so funny." Blah 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 blah. And so he goes back in the cockpit. She's like, "Oh, he's so funny, isn't he? It's actually hilarious." Like, and she's like, "No," but like, to be honest, let's be let's be real. I'm going to be honest with you, Hattie, the flight attendant. She just wants to um. Pardon my French, but boy Nick Cage. Right. That's that's all she wants to do. To the point where the other flight attendant was like, has anything happened yet? And then it, it's so messy. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. The the dialogue, not the not the situation they're in. Anyways. So back at the back of JFK, Chloe and camera uh, having this dialogue and this guy rocks up on a buggy. He's like, "Yo, what up, Chloe?" She's like, "Yo, what up, Jim?" He's like, "Hey, I got tickets to a U two concert for your dad," and she's like, uh, okay, cool." That I mean, they're gonna go on a date or something, and then uh, and then Cam's like, "Yo, U two, that's uh, sick like Bono, you know? Oh, that would have been hard to get, you know?" And I'm like, "Right, I don't know why it's U two specifically. Does that have a thematic?" Thing is, as you two tied to the end times, I'm not sure. Is you two the mark of the beast? We don't know. Um, it's a joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyways, number one, who is this Jim guy, and uh, why is it he not a more prominent part of this film? Honestly, I would watch a spin off with Jim the buggy guy. Right? And he's just going around and this whole world's going to chaos and he's just there on his buggy giving out U two tickets to everyone. That'd be amazing. Anyways. And number two, how did he get the U two tickets? It's kinda of strange. Anyways, after that, Cam goes off and um with the U two tickets in hand because he's on the same flight for some reason as uh Chloe's dad. And uh he he gives him gives her a, a cheeky kiss on the cheek. Number one goes, come on. You've known each other for like six minutes. That's a bit weird, right? And number two, there's already been a knife eye contact before marriage. And so the kiss on the cheek, Tisk tisk, guys, we have standards. Um, and then he just, he gets on the plane. He just like, you know, knocks on the door and he's like, yo, uh, Chloe wanted me to give you this, to this, to Nick Cage. And then the co-pilot's like, yo, what up, Cam? I know you from that thing that you're apparently famous for. Um, it's pretty sick. <sighs> yeah, but he just gets recognized by the strangest people. Anyways, so, um, Chloe goes back to see her mum, and she's kind of like arguing with her mom about like the end times and, and like Jesus and all that kind of stuff. And, um. And Cam goes back on the plane, so that that conversation doesn't really lead anywhere with, with her and her mum. Cameron goes back on the plane, and there's this bunch of characters. So basically, what there is there is Cam, there is uh, a dwarf guy, so shorter guy. There's a mother and a daughter, uh, and an old couple. Oh, and a businessman, but the businessman doesn't really matter. Uh, oh, also there's a drug addict and she's kind of just there, which, spoiler alert, again, she becomes, like, one of the most reasonable characters in the movie, even though she's shown to be taking drugs in a scene, and then later she's actually speaking the most sense. It's very confusing. Yeah, you just have to watch it. (laughs) There's, like, a bunch of I feel bad for the, the, the dwarf character because he's just been bullied the entire film just because he's short. Like, what the heck is with that? Although he does make a urinal joke, which is actually the only thing that unironically made me laugh when it was supposed to. Um, it's strange. Um, anyways, uh, so after the thing with Leah Thompson and, and, and Chloe, the conversation that the mother and daughter have... Uh, uh, Chloe leaves, and then uh, her son—uh, not her son—whomps. Wrong thing. Leah Thompson's son, that being Chloe's brother, uh, is like, "Yo, can we hang out?" And she's like, "Yeah, okay." And he's like, "Heard there's a sale at GameStop." Oh my gosh, he's a gamer. Best character in the film. Um, so they go to this mall, and for some reason, there's a break dancing scene, and she's like, "Yeah, not bad." And then, uh, and then, uh, her little brother's is like looks at this drone and is like, yo, can I get one? She's like, no. He's like, it's only a few hundred dollars. Like, dude, this guy, oh my gosh, what a what a legend. Oh, his name his name is Ramy. Sorry, Ramy. That's his name. You know, and for some reason this this whole sequence is kind of shot with like documentary style filmmaking, and then it goes back to the generic just out of film school shots that are like poorly edited together, and, uh, you're gonna love that this is a Christian movie, and that in the background of one of the scenes, oh, is the Lord's Chicken, Chick-fil-A, oh, closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A, you know, that whole thing, mm, they're gonna have it in the background, they're gonna, gonna have a cheeky shout out to the, the good old Chick-fil-A, um, and then, uh, so back on the plane, uh, Cam's sitting there, and, and the old couple, the old lady, she's like, she's like, oh, I know who you are. And we're like, oh my gosh, it's another person that knows who he is. And it's like, wah, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then, <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, you're Frank Sinatra. You know, like the, fly me to the moon. I can't sing the song, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, And it's, and it's like, like I understand that she's an old lady and that kind of stuff, but even for twenty fourteen when this movie came out, that was a bit dated, and so it's 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 hard to sit through, and it's very cringe because she's like, um, she turns to uh her husband, she's like, "Look, it's Frank Sinatra," he's like, "He's like, who? What you say?" And it's like the most typical, just um, by the books dialogue for an old couple that. That just didn't need to be there, like, they try and make him seem famous, or, like, have some sort of, like, infamy, but it just doesn't bring across very well, um, anyways, we're getting on to the actual rapture part, right, so, so, Rami and, and, uh, and Chloe, they're kind of just chilling, For some reason they go in for a hug, and then, bam, just close, right, just close everywhere, people are dropping, there's like clothes raining from the sky somehow, even though they're on the upper level, it's like, where are all these clothes coming from and why are people disappearing and everybody's going crazy and they're rioting and they're they're driving cars through the mall and it's hectic, right? (laughs) Same thing on the plane. So a bunch of people, all the children, gone, right? Handful of the adults, gone, right? Rosie, that flight attendant that was like, not the uh, pro- provocative one. Gone. She's gone. The co-pilot who recognised Cam earlier. Gone. He's gone. So it's just Nick Cage and uh, he can barely fight the plane. Let's be honest. He doesn't really show much compet- the competency in flying the plane throughout the entire thing until the very end where he has to make an emergency landing. Which is probably the best the the, the best part to, to show your competency when it comes to piloting a plane but it's just like, why now? (laughs) You've, I don't know. It's, it's kind of confusing. Um, (sighs) there's so many just weird things on this, on, in this plane. People are blaming people and, uh, the drug addict lady, she's like, oh my gosh, this must be another trip. And so she goes into the, uh, the, the bathroom stall and takes more drugs. And then she kind of just shows up fine. Like she's, totally fine, it, like, I'm, I don't really understand that, very much, um, and then the lady with the daughter, cause her daughter's gone, she gets paranoid that her ex-husband shows up, and, uh, she, she somehow, or someone had a gun on the plane, I don't know how they got a gun on the plane to begin with, and then she pulls out this gun, and she's like, she points it at people, and she's like, she's like, I fell asleep, and now my daughter's gone. My ex-husband must have slipped something in my drink, stolen my daughter, and then, uh, then paid you all to lie to me, because they're like, no, he did nothing like that. They just kind of disappeared. We were all awake, sort of thing. But it it doesn't really make sense. Like I understand that she's paranoid, and I understand that people in that situation do get uh, paranoid and and have these weird um, things. But they're like 35,000 feet up in the air, right? Probably even... I don't, I don't know how high planes go, but she, if that was the case, if they were three hours away from um, good old uh, uh, JFK Airport, right, and so high up in the air, then her ex-husband and her daughter would still be on the plane... But her first instinct, instead of running around and looking for her, is to pull out a gun and almost kill a few people. It's, it's hectic, right? It's such a weird experience. Anyways, oh my goodness, this movie, dude, it, it affected me in ways I never thought. And it's in this moment when the drug addict lady, because this is probably about 20 minutes later in the film, um not in the universe of the film, like in the duration of the film where the drug, uh, from when the drug addict lady, um, took the drugs, this is when it's happening. And, um, and she just like speaks reason to to her when she like almost kills herself. Unfortunately, there's a lot of like almost suicides in this movie and it's, and it's kind of worrying. Um, you know, that's not a very fun time. Um, What I haven't talked about, which I kind of did, I actually did touch on this a little bit, is that the sets are not very good, to the point where I thought JFK Airport was just a mall or a library. And the mall does look like a mall, because I I do think they shot it in a mall. But everywhere else looks terrible. Like, the plane set, terrible. Um, The house set was shot in an actual house, so it was fine. All the places where they didn't shoot on location... Not very good, uh. But you can tell where they put the their budget into, and that is number one, Nicolas Cage, getting him in there. Number two, Leah Thompson, getting her in there. Uh, a bunch of other like r- infamous actors. Um, not a bunch of other like two others, right? And then they have these shots where I believe it was practical effects that they used. Like there's one scene where Chloe's in this parking lot. I think it's after the mall thing and this like little plane like crashes in onto the ground and skids across and hits a car and just explodes. And I'm like, that was kind of cool. Like that was actually kind of cool. But why was the money put in that and not other things is, is my question. Um, and there's another part where Chloe's, uh, kind of walking away with her brother's bag. Um, because I'm not sure, I don't remember what happened to her car, I think her car was the one that got hit by the plane, um, maybe, uh, and so she's walking home with her brother's backpack, and these two guys, like on a, on a, like a, like a mm-hmm. moped or something, come up and, and steal the bag from her, and she's like, hey, and there's under this bridge, and so she walks over this, uh, like, kind of, out of the other side of this bridge, from under, the underside, and, and this bus just like, like f- crashes as she's under the bridge and as she's walking out and falls off. But in the shot where you can see it falling off the bridge, you can totally tell that it's just a dummy in her costume. And it's it is it is beautiful. It's a beautiful sight to see because it's only like a blink second, but it's just it, it it's just like a almost like a tea pose. It's 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 that funny. Um, oh my gosh, this movie, dude, this flippin' movie um what else can i say oh we haven't got to the juicy part right so a plane crashes into the 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 bigger plane that nick cage is piloting and for some reason he's like oi cam come here like uh be my co-pilot and stuff and so cam becomes like this co-pilot and they have to land and they've got satellite phones and so they ring chloe Cam's like, "Oh my gosh, I love you so much," and Chloe's like, "Oh my gosh, I love you so much." Not really, but it kind of sounds like it. Um, and uh, so they they're calling Chloe. They're like, "We can't get like we can't get a landing at JFK. Like everything is um, it is is gone bad because all the airports are shut down and that kind of stuff." She's like, "Oh, I'll make a runway for you." And so she gets this like big old American truck. And just drive through a bunch of things to make a um uh uh drive through a bunch of things to um make a runway for the, the, the plane and then blows up this big fuel thing so then they have enough light to find where to, to land. And then they just land the plane. Like, nobody has a seatbelt on in the plane, by the way. Everyone is walking around and kind of, like, shaking. And I'm like, guys, put your seatbelt on. It's almost like you didn't go this, through the safety procedures, which they didn't, by the way, because um the, uh, the flight attendant, Hattie, she has to tell them where the life jackets are when they almost had to, to land in the water. I mean, like, you would reiterate that just because people are panicked. But, like, if you said it at the start of the thing, then you'd be fine. Um, same with uh, they almost write against uh, Nicolas Cage's character in the air. So what he does is de- uh, depressurizes the cabin a little bit, which I don't think. I don't know if there's any rules against that. But it seems kind of stupid um, that he would depressurize the cabin so people would go sit back down. And that's when, like, you know, because the, the pressure inside the, the plane cabin is different to the outside. And so, um I don't know, it creates this breathable thing. Um, and, and that's when, like, the so he depressurizes the cabin, so the the oxygen masks fall down. And people are putting masks on other people before themselves, which if they went through the safety procedures, they would know that uh, they, you put your mask on yourself before you help other people. Um, it seems kind of selfish, but like it, it's so then everybody can get their masks on. And if there is the people who have trouble putting their masks on, then they can be helped, um, while other people are safe and, you know, can help. Um, it's such a, it, that movie is such a trip. It is honestly such a trip. I'm glad I watched it with some people. Let, let me read some of the, some of the things that, um, some of the people I watched it with, uh said about the film because honestly oh boy like someone was like okay I'm waiting for people to clap when they land at the very end there was one person that like you know clapped twice Um. <laughs> oh my gosh there is just a lot of stuff nothing really happens let's just nothing really happens And we, so we started the movie, this is a bit of backstory, I started the movie about seven and people joined um, up until the ending and we finished at about nine o'clock. So it's about, it's about a two hour movie, but it felt like four hours throughout this whole thing. It was such a strange uh, phenomenon to start a movie at seven and end and make it feel like it's 1am, feel like I just want to go to bed but like it's, 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 it's very strange. Um, it's, we were all confused. Like even, so we weren't all Christians, the people that watched it, um, as a group, but like, uh, we understood that as a rapture kind of film, but we, we were like, yeah, that's not theologically correct. Like at all. Um, Dude, this movie, this movie, if you haven't seen it already, please, please, please do. I probably haven't done it enough justice. I don't know if it's at the level that it's so bad it's good. But I do think if you want to, like, have a bit of a trip, then give it a watch. Because um, it's a, it's a movie that exists and, uh, you know... <laughs> It's, it's a bit strange. I remember when we, when we finished the movie, this was a quote, I think my sanity was left behind. And honestly, that is the most apt, uh, description for this film I've seen. Um, but to be honest, uh, I don't want to dog the actual filmmakers or the actors involved in this because I've seen them in projects and they're actually great. Um, and I don't want to dog the actual filmmakers because, as I said earlier on in the episode, that uh, that you do have to go through and make bad movies before you hit a point where you're going to make a good one. I mean, obviously there's exceptions to the rule and some people make good movies straight up. But, like, sometimes you do need to get through the... Uh, the sludge before you get to the diamond, you know what I'm saying? You need to get out the coal before the... I, d- I don't know. I'm trying to turn this into analogy, but it's not really working, but I hope you get what I mean. Um, Like, honestly, I have mad respect for them because they did get the budget for this film and they went out and made it and they were able to get some well-known names in there. Um, Sure, was the final product the best thing in the world? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, But I... I can respect them for just going out and making a movie, Um, you know, uh, able to find the crew and that kind of stuff and able to pitch it and uh, get it made and released in cinemas, which is, which is pretty hectic. Um, But yeah, (sighs) that movie, if you want to go watch the movie, uh, it is on Netflix as well as uh, physical home, home uh, release. As well on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, so if you would like to go watch the movie. Please, please, please uh, go check it out. As this is not a replacement for the movie watching experience. Um, yeah, so this has come to the end of the episode. I um, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm keen to do some more. Uh, if you if you want to request a film for me to do. Uh, go follow me on at biblicalbargainbin on Instagram. And just shoot me a DM uh, of your request. Or uh, follow my Facebook page and you can message me, message me there as well. The same uh, ad for that as well. <sighs> I'm keen to do more of these. I've got a, a few uh, more episodes planned. So I hope uh, you've enjoyed this episode. And uh, yeah, let me know what you think. Catch you later, everyone. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs>